Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I am an exercise physiologist and a nutritionist and a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter, strength coach, sometimes Highland Games athlete. I run strength field and lift for hope. Right on. Fortress is not with us today. He's going to be on about, I'm guessing, just maybe twice a month, and I'm still riding on him to uh, send in a... He's going to resurrect, I think, his Enter the Fortress column, which mm. he's done for years off and on. It's sort of a rant, but let's talk about some news, and then we'll do our topic of the day. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Um, I'm going to share two little bits of science news first, uh, maybe more than two, two or three and then uh, Phil has some news. And then our topic is going to be um, brands we like, uh, both offline and online. And just basically give you some practical tips about some of the brands we like, maybe why we like them, or maybe some things we you know, avoid even. Um, but anyway, let's look at these um, studies. This first one says getting a brain boost through exercise. Um, Two new experiments, one involving people and other animals, suggest that regular exercise can substantially improve memory. And you might have heard that before, but this is the twist, I think, that caught my eye. Although different types of exercise seem to affect the brain quite differently. Um, let's see, this is a New York Times stuff. Uh, it says it was back in the 1990s that scientists at the Salk Institute for Biological Studies in La Jolla, California, first discovered that exercise bulks up the brain. Um, they're talking about both human and animal studies. Here's some scientists from the University of British Columbia studied older women, uh, actually 70 to 80. So you're looking for people with cognitive impairment so you can see if exercise then, you know, helps. Um, and I know that's a far cry from young people, but, um, they said, um, this group of researchers had found that after weight training, older women with mixed cognitive impairment improved their associative memory or the ability to recall things in context like a stranger's name and how they were introduced, for example. Um, it says now they're looking at different types of exercise. Um, in one study, uh, they had women who lifted weights twice a week and others who walked. It said um, the women who had exercise either by walking or weight training performed better on almost all of the cognitive tests after six months than they had before. There were differences, however, the women who had walked showed greater gains in verbal memory than women who had lifted weights. Um, the idea tallies nicely with results from other studies regarding exercise and memory, where they had, you know, basically rats exercise on wheel versus lift weights. Um, they said the rat weight trainers' brains did not show increased levels of there's a, a protein uh, in the brain called BDNF, and apparently the aerobic type exercise boosts this. But the lifting type does not. Uh, it says what all this new research suggests uh, is probably advisable to incorporate both types of uh, aerobic and resistance training. And I, I see them backpedaling here now because at first, they, you know, they're selling this like, oh, weight training isn't as helpful 
as cardio. Oh. Now they're backpedaling, and it says, um, admittedly, the differences in the t- by, based on exercise type were subtle, uh, the researchers say. In a- any exercise, there's overall cognitive improvements, because apparently there's certain growth factors and things that go up with the weight training stuff. But it's interesting, again, New York Times, how they're trying to tease apart some of the benefits of cardio versus weights. And um, the other one that I had before we get to the protein one that you sent me, Phil, I think this is only mildly related to exercise, but it's going to change medicine. I don't know if if listeners are aware, but uh, researchers are at the point now where they can do three-dimensional printing And instead of using ink, like in a two-dimensional, they use cells. I'm not kidding. Literally, they're putting cells into dot matrix or um, inkjet printers, and you can print things in three dimensions. And this is similar to that. They are now growing kidneys. I kid you not. um, That work when they implant them into rats. So Hmm. when you hear about some of these, a lot of the bodybuilders, uh, Flex Wheeler, I've heard rumors. You know, lots of. uh, I actually know some bodybuilders who have ruined their kidneys because of some of the crazy crap that they've injected, uh, to be honest. But um, this says kidney breakthrough, complete lab-grown organ works in rats. For the first time, complete lab-grown kidneys have been successfully transplanted into rats, filtering and discharging urine as a normal kidney would. This breakthrough paves the way for human-scale versions, which would potentially provide an inexhaustible supply of organs and eliminating the need um to find a donor kidney and, of course, taking you know, immunosuppression drugs to prevent yourself from rejecting it because uh, they can actually use your own cells. It says, in an ideal world, such grafts would be produced from patient-derived cells, enabling us to overcome both donor organ shortages and the need for long-term immunosuppressant drugs. Um, I won't bore you with some of the details, but this was uh, just – I thought it was a fascinating thing. It's from NewScientist.com. Um, holy mackerel. They are – and again, this wasn't just with the um, printing technique. They had sort of a scaffold of um, collagen, and they kind of trickled the cells through it and whatnot. But they are growing working organs. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to I have a uh, – one of my clients is a biomedical engineer. Mm-hmm. And they just – I don't know how much of this I can say, and I'm not smart enough to know all of it anyways. But uh, they just, from what I hear, grew cartilage. Um, and have put that in for patent and stuff. So I'm guessing we're probably five years away, or you know, five to ten before you're seeing stuff. Because let's face it, you and I, we're not going to want an organ put into us, an artificial yeah. one, unless, <laughs> damn it, it's going to it work. Works. Exactly. <laughs> you, know. you know, but I mean, cartilage, like I, I told her, I said, sign me up. <laughs> you know, worst thing scenario, I still have to have my hip replaced. Yep. You know? Well, I know a guy, I, I was listening to Science Friday last year, there was a guy talking about... Um, regenerating muscle tissue and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, wow. I mean, so this is going to, this is the kind of stuff, uh, between the 3d printing and the creating the organs, like I just mentioned, or like you said, or, uh, stem cells and medicine is going to yeah. be very okay. different. You got to stay up on the science with this stuff to know what your options are going to be. For sure. I mean, just imagine, especially with all the genetic stuff we have now, if they could take some of your genes and just grow a bio identical kidney, huh? Well, or sorry, I, think, you know, and I don't think people realize yeah. there are many human clinical trials at any given time with gene transfection therapies where yeah. they'll put a gene in that, it, you know, if your gene's working bad, they'll put one in that works. And you tend to get some pretty good effects there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, and by the way, for people who don't believe you can do that, um, if you just haven't been up on some of the cutting edge stuff, I was at a conference 
Uh, and I've got pictures. You can Google. You can find this. They just a pr- proof of concept. They injected the gene, the luciferase gene. It's what makes firefly butts glow. And they injected that into mouse embryos, and the mouse the mi- mouse grows up and he glows. So I mean, <laughs> clearly the gene gets incorporated. <laughs> um, anyway. There's one more, and this is from Phil. Um, it says, dietary protein to maximize resistance training, a review and examination of protein spread and change theories. This is from a group that I don't think they're an academic group um, from California. It's in the Journal of the International Society of Sports Nutrition um, from last fall. But they were talking about how there's basically a good volume of clinical trials supporting protein for greater gains from resistance training. Yeah, um, and it, they're talking about something that, called the protein spread theory, which is, I think, essentially, and I haven't read the whole paper, admittedly, but it looks like they're suggesting that you've really got to um, boatload the protein, I think, over your normal uh, amount, hence that range concept, in order to get effects. It says 17 studies met their inclusion criteria as they studied the literature. It says in studies uh, where a higher protein intervention was deemed successful, there was on average a 66% difference between, you know, what they were increased to versus their normal. You know, in other words, it was a 66% spread um, versus studies where they didn't show any effect or less of an effect. There was only a 10% spread. So, I, I, and again, I'm, I haven't read the whole paper, so please, um, those of you who are good at reading uh, literature, chime in on our Facebook page. But the yeah. magnitude of difference seems to be important for actually, you know, meeting that anabolic threshold that we've discussed in the past. You know, Which makes sense. I mean, if you take people that are eating this much protein and you just add 10 more grams on, well, then you're going to make a big deal. But if, if you make it a considerable increase, you know, from a... Low protein diet to high protein or high to higher, you know, it's, it's gonna make some difference. Absolutely. And you know, that's been our mantra for four years on this program that, you know, crash through barriers. If you're a hard gainer, if you're a thin guy and you need to put on mass, or you're even a big guy and you want to put on mass, yeah. you cannot fiddle around. You know, you get on some of these bodybuilding boards and websites and, oh, you know, 91 extra calories a day and, you know, 16 <laughs> grams of protein times seven days. You're going nowhere, you know. Yeah, sorry. A snack pack a day extra isn't going to go very right, far. Right, because if, in a perfect world, the math would add up. You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. only need about 75 extra grams of protein and maybe 2,800 surplus calories to build a new pound of muscle. Provided, yeah. But, you know, there's hormonal support, which changes. The mechanical stimulus is changing on you. Um, you know, emotional changes, sleep. I mean, there's so many things. So how do you deal with that? You get serious. You get serious at the table. And, you know, like, and again, this is, seems to be supporting, uh, our concept about, you know, calories and protein. Just take it in. It's not going to hurt you, you know. And it, and like that young man who, um, recently asked us about, or I was a guy asking about his young son, uh-huh. you know, no, it's not going to hurt you, you know, and, and it's not time to worry about a little saturated fat. You, you know, even if you don't like the concept, you think saturated fat is bad. What it's not going to give you heart disease in twelve weeks, you know, mm. while you're while you're drinking some whole milk, for example. Yeah. So you just got to put these sorts of things in perspective. 
Yeah. Hey, I have. I just had a, a bit of listener mail. I just remembered too. I, that's on a related topic. So let me share this just quickly. Yeah. One of our new supporters, uh, who we'll just call Todd, he asked about. Do you know? Do you have brands of protein powders that you would recommend? Um, and then sort of the the twist here is he says, my wife and I are gluten free, dairy free, and sugar free. Um, well, that's what makes it tough, right? Because yeah. Most most proteins nowadays are dairy. Whey and casein are just really good, and they've been shown in literature to be superior um, to other kinds of um, proteins for like post workout protein synthesis. Um, there are some options though, and anyway, that's going to lead us to our topic of the day when we get there. So I will, in fact. Um, mention you again, Todd, uh, and of course I sent him an email already. But there are options, and there are brands that I do prefer. So you know, again, it, it sort of triggered the uh, the topic of the day with the brands that we like. So, what do you have, Phil? Um, yeah, no, I got it. My wife sent me a study. She's been she's got fairly jacked up knees from being an ultra marathon runner. Um, and you know, so what we do is on hard days we wrap our knees, um, and there was a paper that came out from a study, uh, the University of Chichester, I guess it is, C-H-I-C-H-E-S-T-E-R. They uh, took 10 experienced male athletes and had them perform squats wrapped and unwrapped. Um, and they watched the bar trajectory is what they looked at. Um, and there was a big difference in bar trajectory between wrapped and unwrapped squats. Um, said it, it changed the whole movement. Um the, the horizontal movement of the bar with with wraps on was almost gone um, compared to without wraps. And as as a result of that, they uh, they kind of concluded that due to this, uh, squatting at wraps is bad for your knees. And hmm. the, my, I just had problems with that from the start because it just doesn't – it's like – that's, I'm not saying they're wrong, but they, they shown me no proof was my problem. That's the first thing I came to her. I mean, all they've shown us is that the bar path is different. Um, and sure, I guess you could suspect that if, if you start looking at leverages and whatnot, but I mean, they didn't show any, you know, they didn't test stress levels at the knee. They didn't show any, you know, impairment or, uh, just, just no markers of actual knee damage, um, due to this. Yeah. Well, so, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan, although I'm a systemic physiologist, right? Because it's the same thing with, like, the protein stuff. Oh, protein causes more kidney filtration, therefore you have injured kidneys. You know, and it's, it's a similar scenario. And I'm a big fan of outcomes, right? What's the mm -hmm. ultimate outcome? Or like when you heard about, oh, protein weakens your bones because there's extra calcium in your pee. It's like, well, mm -hmm. shouldn't we do an outcome variable like bone density yeah. so i stuck a bunch of weightlifters in odexa and said what what are their bones yeah. like oh well go figure they're incredibly dense like 99th yeah. percentile dense and i bet same thing with you because of compensation and other things i think they're made it sounds at least like they're making a bit of a quantum leap there yeah and you know they it goes on to say you know this this effect on your knees is further reinforced because Athletes with knee wraps were able to perform the move heavier and faster, so there were power increases. And it's like, well, that's still not – just because I can move things faster and heavier, that's still not proven that it's bad for my knees. Right. <laughs> we're back to an outcome uh, variable, right, which is yeah. the number of visits to the emergency room yeah. or, or whatever or to, to, the, so, I mean, to the chiropractor or whatever, you know. I would have rather heard, you know, I mean, hell, I mean, a better a better conclusion would be 
the wraps allowed a more efficient straight bar path, and you were able to use more weight and move it faster. Right. That's really what they concluded. <laughs> you know? And you know so, what? And yeah, again, just... demonstrate versus speculate. If they wanted to speculate, great. You know, hey, this could, in theory, put more torque on the knees or, you know, um, other research suggests that moving heavyweights faster may put the knees at risk. You know what I mean? But be cautious with it, with the conclusion, I think. Exactly, and that's you know I I agree one hundred percent. That's I think maybe sure they've got the first study. Now it's time to take that further before they start making those conclusions. Um, right. You know now they can test that with a larger group, and it's going to have to be over a long time. Of course, if you want to actually show knee damage, you have to get people that don't mind potentially having knee damage. So um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, um, you know I I posted on the page, but just. Figured we say it on the show too because we have so many listeners that probably aren't on the page. Did my little uh, test meet, so and it went well. It went well. I uh, my goals were six fifty, like three fifty and seven twenty five. Um, I ended up I was going to go five fifty six six fifty. I went five fifty and then I went six oh five on squat and I was high. So I was running this just like a meet. I was giving myself three attempts, and instead of going up, I went ahead and just stuck with the 605 again and went and got it. Um, so the squat ended up a little lower than, than I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. Bench is the one that I really have no clue because I jacked up my shoulder, and I was down to the point where I was benching the bar with pain. Right. Um, so I'm slowly moving it back up, and I went, I went heavier than I, than I figured I would and hit an easy 365 with no pain So and stopped there. Um, mm-hmm. And then just got crunching the numbers, so I went ahead and bumped my deadlift up five pounds to hit an even seventeen hundred and hit the pretty easy seven thirty. So that's a big deal. Um, yeah, so it went, went well. Um, so that was my last little test before October. Now it's just punching the clock and getting stronger. Right on. Um, yeah. To really try and put up some big. Numbers. Bill, that reminds me, or it makes me think of something. In your uh, federation, since you know it's sort of the man approach, which is mm-hmm. all three lifts, you know. Mm-hmm. Are there still guys who are like, listen, I'm still just going to take a token bench or squat. I'm just here to dead. I've, we've only had one of those, and it was a guy with um, – he, he'd been having knee pain for a few weeks. Uh-huh. So he took it real easy on his squat. Um, but he still benched hard and deadlifted hard. Okay. You know, and that was – no, I didn't have any, like, bench specialists come in and squat 135, bench a boatload and deadlift Exactly, right, yeah. No, we didn't have any of that. Okay. So. Because I, I mean, you've done that before when you were injured. You just took a token bench, not because you're being yeah. a wusspuss. You're just, you know, you're like, listen, I'm not going to be stupid and try to bench 350, 400 pounds right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But no, no. We, yeah, we didn't have any, like, big specialists come in and do anything like that. They all put up numbers that would correspond with mm-hmm. with their ability of being full meat lifters. So. I wonder if you could even somehow think of a rule to prevent that. Like I said, injury is one thing. You know, yeah. but somebody who's just going to come in and make a mockery and say, yeah, I'll do all three events, you know, and then they just, yeah, like you said, they, they do the bar, you know. I don't know if there's many people that are specialists that would even do that because it'd look pretty silly to come in and squat like 135, 225 and then bench 500. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I suppose that's something we'll have to face if it happens. I just don't see it happening. I don't see a, a big, strong person coming in and wanting to have my women out squat them. Many times. <laughs> no, that would know, be the but, best punishment you could do. Is yeah, really no, emphasize no. that your ladies out squatted him. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, because we probably wouldn't let that go. I mean, we're 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 family friendly, but we also have a lot of fun. So I mean, our announcers would probably be saying a lot of stuff about that. Right. So okay, you know that's good. That's in fact maybe there's your rule if you have to. You know, you will be publicly humiliated because we have exactly. women who would be lifting more than you. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to give a shout-out to also um, one of our listeners, Sean McNeely. He posted pictures of his first bodybuilding competition on the Iron Radio Facebook page. Oh, I didn't see. I've been very busy this week. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it looks good. And, you know, he put up before and afters, too, of, like, what was it, uh, six months prior and then after, through the cutting process and all this stuff. And he did a great job. You know, he went from 225 down to on stage. He was a 181 and looked looked real good. Um wow. It looked like he had a heck of a showing, and I don't. I'm sorry, I missed it. I don't see it because I read, tried reading it up. I know he's standing in front of a trophy, um, right on. with two other guys standing in front of trophies, and he's in the center. So I don't know if that's first place, but either way, you you placed good job, very so, good job. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and we don't want to um, poo-poo either side of the strength, any of the sides of the strength sports. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that takes um, that takes so much more effort uh, than the average person will ever know. You know, oh, yeah. ever know. Any of that, to to step on a platform or stage is just you've gone further than ninety nine point nine percent of the world will. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you know, I've got I've always had students. Some it's funny how some really get it. Like younger people, they really understand like strength and muscle sports. You know, they're very drawn yeah. to it. But there's a lot of people on team sports and stuff. They're never going to understand. It's um, yeah. You know, it's it's odd to them. It's even funny to them. You know, like you yeah. said, you know, even in powerlifting, there's times you're half naked in front of a group of people, you oh, know, yeah. and it, I just think it's very funny that in this country, we think it's perfectly acceptable to obsess and feel very tough and awesome by shoving an orange ball into a little red hoop. But we think it's bizarre <laughs> and cheesy to put on a singlet and squat, you know, yeah. or I, I don't know. Um, yeah. But, you know, to each his own, there's all kinds of uh, sports out there and that's why we're fitting uh, this niche yeah so good work yeah that's awesome okay let's uh, we're going to go to break everybody when we come back um, brands we like both offline and online Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So, Uh, Whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, If you simply Google CRC Press in protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. 
And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. of Iron Radio. In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, we're back. It's Phil and Lonnie, and we're going to talk about brands we like. Um, we're going to do some things for with offline and online, and let's start with the obvious here. Um, let's do gym equipment. Um, what do you think, Phil, as far as makers of equipment, uh, even plates, uh, oh, that God. sort of thing? Because I have some thoughts. Gosh, um, well, I wish I had them. I mean, top of the line, really. I mean, I don't think it could be argued. Um, as far as plates would be Ivanko plates. Yeah. Um, I think they're just the pinnacle. Um, if you can afford them, you know, one day I hope to have a nice set of competition plates. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, they, they sit at the top for me, probably for both power and Olympic. Well, you know, there's uh, also stuff just like standard plates. You yeah. Standard. There's that, nothing wrong with those. Those are good plates. No, you know? and that's mainly what I have. I have standard, standard steel plates. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to get really anal about it, do what we do around here and I'll, you know, because we run meets and stuff, I'll weigh them, and there's some variance in these plates, a lot more than people would expect. Yeah. I mean, to the point where when I'm deadlifting 700 plus, that bar might vary 15, 20 pounds, um, wow. which is big. Yeah. Uh, well, for you, because you're multiplying up, right? A small <clears throat> change per plate when you've got eight plates on either side. Yeah, if it's going from seven, seven, and it's actually 720, that can be big. Yeah. You know? yeah. And a lot of the plates will pay, weigh a pound or two heavy. I've had them weigh as much as four pounds heavy. That's a, um, so get yourself, if, you, if you're inclined and you have the ability, just get a grinder, um, and you can grind it away. Um, or if you need to add it, go get some uh, big magnets at the hardware store, and you can put the magnet on there and glue it. Um, and, you know, make all your plates weigh 45 pounds mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. But, uh, you know, plates is pretty... Hey, I mean, for the average person, it's it's just go find some steel, right. you know. Yeah, and I go, yeah. yeah. A lot of times, what I'll do is, um, you can find some great deals at Dick's or or Sears where you get a three hundred pound set. Um, it comes with a, I don't, know, I call them throwaway bars or just beat up bars. Yeah. Um, the bar's really not worth much, but it's great. To, I keep them around and we use them for things that I don't want to beat up my more expensive bars with. Right. Uh, well, they, the cheaper bars will bend over the years. You know, if you're put, oh, if you're yeah. putting even even two or 300 pounds, yeah, once you... Yeah, started. and they're the cheap bars that have the... Um, it has a, a hex head nut on the end, so they're not a pinned bar. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep tightening them up and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, that's the first thing to look with is bars. If it's got a freaking hex nut on the end, it's not a, it's not a good bar. All right. Well, <laughs> we, we, got, we got a big list, so what about equipment? Anything jump to your mind? As far as good? Yeah, good. Jeez, uh, it depends on what, what kind of equipment you're talking about. I mean, if you're talking about high-end lifting equipment, um, I like getting stuff custom-made. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people that do it now. Um, strength and power, that's who made my uh, bench and monolift, um, and he'll make about anything for you. So if you're talking meats and stuff like that and real, real heavy lifters, um, I'd go that route. You know, Elite Fitness builds all their stuff, too. Um, they're real nice. I did a list for a, for a place many years ago. Kaiser has really nice equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, run-of-the-mill racks, New York barbell. You know, I've had, I got a New York barbell rack that I've had for 10 years. And it's had a lot of weight on it, and it still works just fine. That's funny, Phil, that you you talked about custom-built stuff, because I've actually been in a lot of mom-pa gyms and mm-hmm. lifted on stuff that was custom-welded. You know, oh, It was yeah. just made for, for the, the gym itself. There are some other things, too. Even like when it comes to uh, crossing the lines into, um, I don't know, we can call them machines, sort of, um, but things like leg presses and that sort of, like Nebula makes some yeah. good stuff, big, heavy stuff, even Hammer. Yeah. Hammer strength, yeah, yeah, because it's it's it sort of crosses that gulf between free weights and and machines. I think in a lot of ways, um, yeah. and you know they'll do some very clever things with how they balance the weight and how they create different leverage, you know, different torque at different points of the of the range of motion and that kind of thing. And that's what I liked about the. I don't know if you've seen the Kaiser racks anywhere. They have a really neat. Uh, it's just like uh, having bands, but they have a pneumatic system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it hooks to the bar, and it actually allows you to move back and forth, and the pressure always stays straight down. Okay. And on the right side of the rack, it has a plus button lever, and on the left side of the rack, it has a negative. So you can be in the rack and do like a squat, have the, have those hooked up. You got 225 on the bar, and you got 150 pounds of freaking uh, uh, pressure from the pneumatic system. Knock out five reps, reach over with your foot, step on it for a minute, lower it 20 pounds, knock out a few more. Um, it, it's pretty freaking cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and and the pressure because it's the pneumatic system is different than the bands where it's variable. It's always fifty added pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's pretty pretty sweet little deal. And you can actually implement it on more dynamic moves like clean and jerks and stuff like that because it's always pulling straight down because the, it it, lets, it allows you to move back and forth. So I mean, if you've got the money, I mean, I think that those are pretty sweet. Yeah, but uh, they're they're high 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 dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, fancier stuff. I actually did some uh, consulting with them and helped them change a couple things on the. The rack, but uh, oh, cool! Oh, years ago. Uh, how about uh, just quickly gear and shoes? Uh, I think we've talked about this before a little bit, but um, what do you recommend for brand of shoes or different types of uh, lifting attire? Jeez, shoes! I like I like the knockoff the Chuck Taylors, or I personally go to freaking Walmart to pay less and get the I don't know whatever you want to call them. They're not Chucks, but they look just like them. Yeah. <laughs> Now that Chuck Taylors, they've all of a sudden become popular, so they're four times expensive. Oh, God, than tell should. me, I've got a pair, and I'll, you uh-huh. know what? I have a mixed assessment of those. I thought I was going to love them, mm-hmm. and my ankles sort of ache if I wear those too much. Maybe because yeah. I, I sometimes I'll do some uh, treadmill running or something, bef- you know, as a warm yeah, up before fun. the gym, and they are, I, uh, no, <laughs> no, and that's I'd only use them for, you know, pulling and squatting. Yes, yeah. right, <laughs> oh, exactly. They're not something you want to run around. But you know, in for, for sure. me, I don't want to wear one pair of shoes to the gym to go do 
you know, some of the brief cardio stuff and then, yeah. and then re, relace my shoes when I'm over by the squat rack, I guess, you know, but, um, yeah, but I know what you're saying. They're flat, they're low to the ground, they're cheap, you know. Yep, exactly. Um, I like deadlift slippers just because they're, they're effective and they're cheap. They're nine bucks a pair. Oh, and wow. they're allowable in a meet. All they are is like, they're like a water shoe. Um, those little slip-on shoes people wear in the water, yes. but they have a rubber sole that's, I don't know, a freaking couple millimeters thick. Um, and then if you want to get into a lifting shoe, I got do wins that I've had for freaking ever. Um, with a hardwood sole. They're ugly as hell. They look like a bowling shoe. The new Adidas, the Adidas makes kind of a, it's a cross between shoe. So it's not as high a heeled, um, but it's got a, a hard, hard rubber heel on it, but it's not as high either. I have so seen it's a nice those. mixed shoe. I almost got a pair of those. And they're really reasonable. Um, one of my clients, I just had him buy them because instead of paying 120 bucks for a, a pair of lifting shoes, it was like 50, 45 bucks. Mm-hmm. They're nice. I like them and they don't look horrible either. They're not butt ugly. They look like an Adidas shoe. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really liking those. I might get a pair. Um, I, yeah, I like what they're putting out. Adidas has been, they were like the only people that made lifting shoes for a long time. Um, so they're, they're quality made too. So I, I like those as far as shoes go. Uh, here's a couple other categories. Uh, I just wanted to throw in regular clothes. Uh, I don't know how much feel that, you know, being a gym owner and everything, you just wear uh, sweats all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, Sometimes you can have a hell of a time finding stuff that actually fits. And if you got to wear a dress shirt, people, I would go check out Van Heusen makes some pretty cheap. Uh, it's their studio line. Um, a lot of dress shirts these days, if they're athletic cut or slim cut, it'll actually say slimmer through the chest. And I'm like, what? That's that's the wrong. <laughs> that's, that's, that's upside down. That's exactly opposite what I want. <laughs> So it's hard to find. So those Van Heusen ones, you can usually get decent dress shirts that hold up for you know a year, and they're actually thinner through the waist. And there's enough room, mostly in your armpits. That's where I've always, I've always had problems. You know, if you have thick front delts and your armpits are, you know, um, because you don't want to have to go wear a shirt that's a size down from what you normally wear, just so you don't have a freaking mushroom around your waist. You know, with the shirt <laughs> billowing it, but. And then for dress pants, um, I found that Dockers, their premium line of dress pants, they get a little bit pricey actually, but you can actually have decent sized legs and wear those things. They're, they're baggy, baggier kind of dress pants. So, um, that's the kind of stuff that I wear to work usually. As far as jeans, what I found is the best is carpenter pants. Yeah. They're, they're made baggier. Yeah. Um, you know, they got that little hammer loop on them, but, you know, they're not bad-looking jeans, and they actually make them, like, baggy. Like, relaxed fits can't go there anymore. They're, they're too tight. Oh, so back in it, the day, do you remember the silver tad bag yeah. that Levi's had? Yep. I, I used to yeah. live in those when my legs were almost yeah. as big as my waist, and yeah. I don't see those anymore. So uh-uh. they, so sometimes you'll buy pants, jeans that say, you know, like my wife will say, oh, these say relaxed, but that they're probably not baggy enough. Because yeah. relaxed to the seat and thigh, you think we might be able to get into them, but maybe not. Yep. Yeah. You know, but. So, you know, I've changed it all, pretty much all carpenter pants when I wear pants. But other than that, I'm lucky. I get to wear freaking athletic stuff all the time That's now. That's sweet. <laughs> well, I'm, I know sometimes you'll wear cargo pants and stuff. Too. I, I'm shorts. Yeah. Or cargo shorts. Yeah. I mean, this time of year, I put on the cargo shorts because, like you said, they're yep. cut baggy. They're loose. Yep. There's pockets exactly. all over for my wallet and keys and stuff. Yep. And until my legs are freezing in November, I will wear these. You know, oh yeah, it's just so yeah, nice. Same thing here. Yeah, it is, and that's that's how I go. And uh, um, uh, okay, other categories here because we have a lot to march through. Um, 
I split supplements into two categories, but a lot of the rules are the same. So fish oil and protein powders. Uh, mm. This comes back to the email that sort of stimulates some of this when Todd was saying, hey, what kind of protein do you suggest? There's a couple of brands that are always, I think, are going to be good. Um, it's sort of a conflict of interest in the past because I've, I've written for the Biotest guys before, but they make they really do make delicious <laughs> protein. It's very good taste. They really yeah. are. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I don't doubt that their quality either. Yeah. Um, I think Beverly probably makes some decent stuff. They've been in the bodybuilding scene for ages. Uh, they make a yeah, lot and they're high-end, and I think they, they couldn't get away with not making really quality stuff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's good, yeah. Yeah, uh, they sell a lot of specialty products that I'm mm-hmm. not super excited about, you know, just as far as the yeah. science behind it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think they're a good company. They do sell quite a mm-hmm. bit of good stuff. Um. And then uh, VPX will make some interesting stuff, too. Uh, their ready-to-drink stuff is very handy. Uh, I was amazed at how much more protein I was actually drinking to having a ready-to-drink ready kind of protein drink uh, compared to just having powder in a water bottle. Mm-hmm. It, this sounds yeah. ridiculous, but sometimes I do not have time during the day running back and forth from the classroom or the lab or whatever to even squirt water in a bottle to shake it up. So I, and I, I know they're not, obviously not the only people who do that sort of thing, but very handy. Um, and as far as specialty products, I'd say the same thing. I think Biotest, Beverly, and VPX—they all. And again, these are brands mostly that I'm just aware of. You know, yeah. they send me free stuff or, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm familiar with with what they've got. Um, you know, like stuff like creatine pre-workout drinks. Um, hell, I just as soon drink a Monster, you know, or a sugar-free Red Bull or something before workout, but. Um, I get pure. I just get. I get regular creatine. I think the one we got, we got one that's the size of one of those five pound or two pound protein containers of creatine from on Optimum Nutrition. Yeah, and just awesome. creatine monohydrate. You know, that's right. Well, creatine, yeah. creatine and whey protein are things that are common enough. I know that the dairy proteins have increased a little bit in cost, but um, they're not going to be faked. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about that. That's the kind of stuff that's right. Gen- they're like multivitamins. I got no problem yeah. going uh, sort of generic in a way. Yeah. I'm not saying Optimum is, is generic. They're not. That's that's a good yeah. company too. But um, yeah, stuff so, so creatine, whey protein, you know, vitamins and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, as far as fish oil goes, I'm still a fan of either going to Sam's Club or Costco, or I go to Walgreens a lot because you go there and once a month they pick out a brand. That all their vitamins are on sale, buy one, get one free. Well, that's what and Consumer Reports said. Uh, but probably three or four years ago, they did a, a milligram per cost analysis, and they said bang for the buck. Um, wholesale clubs like Costco and Sam's, and, and um, right behind them was Walgreens, as yeah. far as milligrams of EPA and DHA per dollar yeah. spent. So, you know, we'll go get their biggest tub they got and try and find one that's a little higher. You know, a lot of times you can find a double strength or something like that. And you buy one, you get the other same, same size for free. Exactly. <laughs> well, again, that's the, the Biotest guys make that stuff that I, you know, helped create. And it was, it's triple strength or more. Right? And you can yeah. find the triple strength at Sam's Club as well. Yeah. And that's what you're going for. You know, because you're after the EPA and the DHA, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's where you're looking for. Um, you know, that's. Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, as far as other supplements, I'm just not a huge fan. You know, if you're NO boosters, and if I like you said, if I'm going to do a pre-workout thing, it's usually I really like the Jack. Um, 
3D, but now it's changed. I haven't tried it yet, but I, you know, it's coffee or a monster now. And did you see the new, uh, since we're talking protein, they came out with monster protein. So it's a monster energy drink with 25 grams of protein. No, I have not seen yeah. that. It comes with 25 grams of protein now. They just took a monster and added protein. Does it taste good? Did you try one? Um, yeah, they're not bad. Okay. And it's, yeah. So. Hey, you know, um, while we're. Thing, a scoop of protein. Is. While we're on the, that topic, <laughs> I don't have much of a problem with muscle milk, too. That stuff, they got the MCTs and stuff in there. It's yeah. delicious. I mean, it's yeah, freaking it delicious. I mean, you you wouldn't want to do it on a, if you're freaking cutting for a show or something, but. You know, if you're getting stronger in one of those phases, keeping weight on or putting weight on, yeah, roll with it. You know, it, it's delicious, and I, I think it's pretty good quality. I'm just such um, um, a fan of the more, more ready to drink, the better. You know, crack yeah. it open, chug it down. I mean, <laughs> it's the best way to, you know, stay compliant and get your protein up. Yeah. Um, staple foods. As far as foods go, I just have a couple of brands here. One is, and I don't know how pervasive these are, but... We get Mission brand. They have low-carb tortillas that are actually good. Um, they're soft but not too spongy because uh, mm. some low-carb tortillas suck. And, you know, I, I'll do stuff like I'll smear some peanut butter on them. In fact, there's a suggestion. Smucker's natural peanut butter. It's in a mm. glass jar, no plastic, you know, yeah. peanuts in their own oil with no sugar. So yep. I'll do stuff like Smucker's natural PB on low-carb tortillas. It's a great way, like you talk, Phil, with vehicles – if you just drink a protein drink, it wears on you, you know. But if you yeah. can have something like a peanut butter tortilla with it, then yeah. you're getting some good calories and fiber and that kind of stuff, and it mm-hmm. helps helps you get in more of the way protein drink. Even I used to do it a lot, peanut butter on freaking celery sticks. It's, it's something to chew on, yes. you know, yep. something crunchy. But uh, yep. and, no, that's, I, I can't even eat. I mean, I'm... I'm putting calories in, but I won't even go with non-natural peanut butter now. It tastes like watered-down peanut butter. Yeah, it tastes like sugar to me. Ugh. Yeah, it's just not – you know, we get the natural stuff, and it's maybe a dollar more, but, hell, you're getting probably twice the peanuts. You're not getting loaded with – You know, that's a good point. Hydrogenated oils. Hydrogenated oils and sugar making up half the weight yeah. of that flipping jar. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, you're getting what you paid for in that case for sure. Yep. Um, um I'm also a fan of um here's some other brands. Uh, Bob's Red Mill, you know, they'll make stuff like muesli yeah. cereal and stuff. I'm just a huge fan because they put, you know, like sunflower seeds and it's it's yeah. not low fat, but it's good fat. No. And I'll just yeah, shovel we, that we, down 500 calories in a little bowl, you know, so have, yep. you know, basically 1500 calories worth. Yep. And just just knock it back, you know, fiber, oh, yeah. phytochemicals. Bob's yeah. Red Mill, yeah. Um, as far as meats and stuff go, I'm a real big fan now. And more and more every day, find a butcher. There's a butcher around you somewhere, and you just get you get so much more for your money. And it's not been it's so much closer to home. <laughs> you know, it hadn't been passed through trucks and this and that, and you you know who's cutting it up. Um, and the taste is just unbeatable. Um, right. And usually you're going to pay a fraction of the cost. So if you buy in bulk somewhat, so we buy half cows and whole pigs now. I know but, it, uh, it won't make it cheaper, but lo- I've been digging locally. There's a couple of farms that will sell, you know, large amounts of grass-fed beef. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, now that's just the, the fatty acid content of that is so much better, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that's, so. The ones we're getting are raised grass-fed, and then they're grain-finished for the last month or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's good. Yeah. It's good food. But. Um, two more before we move on to some of the electronic like websites and things you might think mm-hmm. about for free. Um, I like Townsend Farms berries. If you go to Sam's Club, Townsend Farms, 
Okay. Year round, and it's like seven dollars for a giant bag of mixed berries, blackberry, big plump blackberries, big blueberries, <laughs> raspberries, because you know during the winter months, this stuff becomes either expensive or it goes away. Well, not the towns and farm stuff. Go look in the freezer section. Like I said, seven bucks for some really good berries. I throw in my oatmeal, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I also freeze berries too like sam's club will start bringing out here shortly the big old tubs of blueberries you know the size yeah. of golf balls yeah. they're not that big but you know and i'll i'll yeah. put them on cookie sheets and freeze them and have them all year yeah. long it's very yeah um, um go ahead no i was just gonna say so we're talking fruits and vegetables um we do door-to-door organics which is getting bigger and bigger um it's great it, i think we pay 25 dollars and they send you this big old box of mixed stuff Bring it to your door once a week, um, and there's a, there's two different companies that do it in this area. Now we just got a you know a bag from a, another company. It was eight bucks for this huge freaking bag of fruits and vegetables. No wait, are, um, are they just Kansas or are they national? And no, they just got here. They're door to door organics is based out of Colorado somewhere, oh. and they just they've been in Kansas City and they just got to Topeka about six months ago. Okay, Absolutely. so I, I know they're going all over the place. Um, it's amazing. I mean, and it's neat because you don't. Well, you get a list. They say here's what's coming this week. And you can substitute three things if there's things you don't like. We don't substitute, though. We just kind of get surprised at what comes because, you know, there's not many fruits and vegetables we don't like. Yeah. So you get a different something different every week, um, and it's very seasonal. So when it's, you know, time that berries are growing, you're getting organic berries. And when there's times that apples and stuff, are, you get more of those. Right. So it's pretty neat. They, they, they support local farms in your area, too, is where they usually get the stuff. Well, it's and a it's nice reminder that when they bring the veg to your door, you're going to get more yeah. excited and eat it. It's a good behavioral yeah. cue, you know. So. Yep, so every Thursday our doorbell rings, and, yep. you know, there they are. So uh, I only have one other one, and I'll tell you, I have actually done a, quite a bit of uh, shopping at, at um, Walmart, but great value, like their egg beater, off-brand egg beaters. I eat tons of that yeah. stuff. I'm not afraid of whole eggs, too, regular eggs, but just to add to the protein content, I get that stuff all the time. It's cheaper. Um, it, it, it comes out really w- well, I think, Yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so just to, I do a lot of the heavy. We do a lot of heavy whipping cream here, and I use, I buy their heavy whipping cream. Okay, and our coffee and stuff like that. But yeah. delicious. Yeah. And then our last category, because we're almost out of time here, um, is the electronic stuff, websites and apps, uh, that sort of thing. And this is another impetus for today's show because on our Facebook page, there's a lot of discussion about. Oh, that iTunes app or the or the Apple <laughs> podcast app. It's showing the dates on our episodes wrong, and I've noticed that. If you look mm. in iTunes, it's fine. If you look on our RSS yeah. feed, it's fine. So I don't know what the hell, and I've actually seen other people complaining about that too. So I'm not sure yeah. if they just need to, you know, some of these apps, you it, you update them. You get the update, yeah. and it works, or and then it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but Stitcher is another one. And I know there were some other examples on our Facebook page. But Stitcher is – I've actually liked it. They're a little self-aggrandizing. Like they take you to their home page and you got to go, no, no, I want Iron Radio. you got to kind of go to your stations. But um, I think yeah. all those companies are going to be a little bit self-promotional because they really want to get attention. Oh, um, yeah. But Stitcher is good for stuff like podcasts. Um, Oh, I wanted to mention a couple other things, too. This is something that we may use in the future, but uh, a lot of listeners are familiar with Kickstarter or Indiegogo. These are very cool websites. They're crowdfunding sites. So if we ever do something like have an Iron Radio-sanctioned big event, 
this is probably how we'll raise money to get get this kind of stuff done. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give a shout out too to some of my students um, and to some of the listeners. If you are inclined, um, and I don't want to be begging for money, but we actually started a rally.org page. It's just rally.org slash coffee research trip. Uh, I got some students who we have some very cool new discoveries on what coffee does for weightlifters, and we need some help getting them flights. So if you're crowdfunding oriented, uh, rally.org forward slash coffee research trip. Um, you know, you can make very small donations. They'd get it. The students would get a huge kick out of that. And then obviously we want to see this stuff in print. We want to present it and see it in print so I can talk about it more, you know, yeah. once it's out of the research phase and it's out in the public domain. Because, you know, like you said, Phil, I mean, some of these new coffees, they're the rough equivalent of a flippant energy drink. You know? Yeah. And yeah. probably going to do nothing but lower your diabetes risk and oral cancer risk and all this other stuff because coffee is generally good for you. Mm. Uh, anyway. Other website stuff, I think, you know, I, we we couldn't get along here without, uh, we, a lot of people do Pandora, we do Slacker Radio. Um, oh, good one. I think it's great for Tim's, you know, um, that's awesome, especially if you put, you know, search and listen to stuff for about a month, and then all of a sudden you have a channel built of your own, um, and we can just put it on our favorites channel, and it'll just, it'll switch through all your favorite stuff all the time, and it'll just, it'll search bands and songs like this, and, you know, it does a pretty damn good job, and it's only, I, we went ahead and paid for it, you can do it for free. And then you're gonna have a commercial every four or five songs. We paid the three ninety nine a month or whatever it is, and then there's no commercials. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's awesome. Um, I'll put a plug out to my own website. You should go to strengthguild.com. Uh, we're, we're, we're revamping that, and I'm putting out at least three articles a week. Um, so lots of neat stuff going on there. Cool. A um, um, couple of other ones. Uh, if you're interested in some of the fitness and nutrition research facts and upcoming research, whatever. Um, of course, I'll do that for you here on, on the show to some level because I'm hooked up with a lot of these sites. But Science Daily has nutrition news page. That's usually good stuff. Not all the nutrition news stuff is good. I've actually weeded out a lot because they're either irrelevant or not accurate. Uh, you got to be sort of careful. Um, DrWheel.com or Dr. Weil, rather. Um, mm-hmm. That's good stuff. I like the guy. You know, he he takes a nice take on natural foods and supplements without becoming too commercial or hokey. Um, yeah. You know. Um, what do you think of life extensions? They have great tweets. Um, they do. It, they have great articles, too. I really like them. I mean, it seems like a it's a group of physicians that are open-minded <laughs> that run that thing. Yeah. LifeExtension.org. Um, I follow them on yeah. Twitter. Um, and they do have some good stuff. I, I don't... Uh, Hundred percent agree with everything I read, but yeah. there are some really good ideas and breaking news there. You bet. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Also, um, believe it or not, if you just go to fitness.gov, um, I think it's the President's Council on Physical Fitness. If you ever need facts about how badly people move or eat, um, <laughs> they've got just a uh, there's a page for fitness and sports nutrition, um, and their facts and statistics page is just scary. It is flipping scary. And like I said, it's free government stuff. If you want to track your diet for free, there's even um, mytracker.gov, or it's part of myfitnesstracker.gov. It's also part of um, myplate.gov, I think. 
um, free diet analysis tool. It's over on the right side of the page. You got to dig around for it. But some of these diet analyzer programs can be up to a thousand dollars. I've got a really expensive one. Yeah, and it's uh, I don't use it anymore. And this one's free, and it's you know yeah. it's federal government, so it's it's um, well done for the most part. It's a little bit hard to use, but it's accurate. The database is accurate. So mm-hmm. um, stuff like myplate.gov, fitnessscott.gov, not bad ones. Um, also, PubMed, the National Library of Medicine, if you are yeah. good at reading science and you're careful, yeah. Um, yeah. you're going to see a lot of statistics and research techniques and methodologies you might not be familiar with unless you're in the field. But um, you can always go to the bottom. You, know, you can type in very basic words. I usually found that two or three basic words like fat loss protein, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. squat knee wrap, <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of thing. No, I mean, I use the site all the time. I think it's great. And I think it, more people should try and read that stuff, you know. And if you don't understand something, you're on the Internet. Google it. That's right. And it's going to be a better <laughs> source than some of the fitness crap that's out yeah. there because these are peer-reviewed papers. You could go to the bottom of the paragraph where it says conclusion. You know, these results yeah. mean blah, blah, yeah. blah. So, you're, you know, you don't have to necessarily question what you're reading, but it's going to be a higher quality because of the peer review, much different from a magazine. Yeah. Um, as far as the other side, I think Sean Casey's doing a good job at case performance. He puts out a lot of good information. He does do a good job. Yes, he does. Um, and stuff like that. It's always good to take shout-outs to friends. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we covered a lot there. Yep. Um, just a few more on my list. Council for Responsible Nutrition. Um, if you're interested in what's going on in the fitness industry, like what's going to be banned, w- you know, what's all the buzz, the Council for Responsible Nutrition is a supplement industry website, but it's sort of more science-y. It's, it's, well, like the name implies, it's sort of their responsible arm in a lot of ways. Uh, and, you know, I've got some other ones on here, free stuff. If you're interested in free, like, meditation sites and that sort of thing, um, you know, there's some good stuff out there, too, like Dharma Seed. Um, which is a free – there a lot of stuff that you would buy, have to pay for on Amazon. Uh, like if you get somebody giving a talk on Buddhist psychology or meditation or relaxation or whatever, Dharma Seed actually has stuff. It's all that same stuff free. Oh. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's a, that's a pretty big list, and I know we're out of time. So that's um, brands we like. Yeah. That sounds good. All right, brother. Another one in the wraps. There you go. Or I should say brothers and sisters. All 25,000 of us. (laughs) Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes 
everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the liter literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here, I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however, obviously I've done it for that purpose. I did it because like you, I wanna have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what a, perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.